Hey, welcome back to Living Richer. As always, I'm your host, Mark Shimkovitz. So ask anyone the first step in securing a fi- their financial future. And most are going to say that, it, well, starts with having a pretty solid plan, a good strategy. Yet, according to the Financial Planning Standards Council, 69% of us don't have a plan. Today, hopefully, we're going to get you started on making a change to that. But before we get into it, I want to remind you why we're doing this. And it really comes down to peace of mind. The council did a three-year study of close to 15,000 Canadians, and they looked at those who had a plan and those who didn't. And what they found provided tremendous insight into the potentially life-changing impact of financial planning. And what I found most interesting was that, you know, regardless of net worth, Canadians who took the step to engage a financial planner and created a financial plan reported that they experienced significantly higher levels of financial and emotional well-being compared to those who did no or even little planning. People with a plan were more on track with their life goals and their retirement objectives. They were more confident dealing with financial challenges that they faced in life. And this is interesting because they were also better able to indulge in their discretionary spending goals. So yeah, having a plan means that when you splurge, you're perfectly fine with it. Creating a financial plan is not as challenging as it might as you might think. Remember, we like to break it down using our 3D process. Discover, design and deploy. In episode two, we looked at your goals discovery. In episode three, we did a financial discovery. Today, we're moving on to the second D, design. So the the design stage is all about creating the plans you'll follow in order to turn your goals into action. It's equally valuable for those just starting out as it is for those nearing retirement or those already in retirement. The goals may be different, but the process remains the same. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to Living Richer with Mark Shimkovitz, Vice President at Raymond James Private Client Group, one of Canada's largest independent investment firms. In this podcast, he'll share with you the things you need to know and things you need to do to build a smart financial plan. Follow along with Mark and learn how to invest wisely, avoid financial mistakes, and navigate life's curveballs without fear. Now, let's get started. No one cares about your financial well-being more than you, so it's important to have a financial plan for yourself. You're doing this for yourself and for your family. You need to be committed to it. Having a solid financial plan will allow you to save money, afford the things you really want, achieve the long-term goals that you've got, like saving for a house, putting your kids through university, and of course, achieving your ultimate goals of perhaps a work-optional retirement where you're financially independent, and if you decide you want to continue to work, you're doing it because you want to, not because you need to. If you're already in retirement, your plan might focus more on income generation strategies, estate planning, tax minimization, charitable giving. So how do we create a financial plan? By mapping out the steps that you're going to take for your financial plan, you're essentially creating a roadmap for your financial future. The starting point begins with prioritizing the things that you need to do in order to set yourself on that path to achieve the financial goals that you've got for yourself. A financial planning process, it forces you to think about the journey instead of the desired end result. 
a lot of people set financial goals, but they don't have a roadmap that leads them to success. And because so many goals are so far off in the future, it's easy to put them off, to procrastinate and not take the steps you need to take. And, and that's why you need to have an action plan. So you start with the goals that you've identified in your discovery phase and some of the more common financial goals people talk about include having a well-stocked emergency fund. And I recommend that you have a fund that can carry you through six months without a paycheck. The pandemic and the increased unemployment have certainly brought the importance of this to the forefront for a lot of people. How about getting out of debt? If you've got credit card debt and you're paying 15, 20, 25% or 30% interest on it, you will not find a better return on your money than paying that down planning for early retirement, or that work-optional retirement that I referred to. So let's talk about creating your own financial plan. In the last two episodes, we focused on discovery, and we went through the process uh, of identifying your life goals, prioritizing them, and then going through the financial discovery. You determined your net worth. Remember, you have to figure out where you are now before worrying about where you want to go in the future. The other important thing you need is to be clear on your cash flow. If you're going to start to redirect money in a mindful, in a meaningful way, having your money go into areas that you've prioritized are the most important, then tracking your cash flow can give you a sense of control and confidence that makes it easier to implement the financial changes in life. Once you've identified your goals and you've determined your cash flow, now it's time to compare how you're currently using your money to the goals that you've got and see how they match up. The idea here is to look at how well your current spending habits mesh with your goals. If you have a cash flow deficit, you won't be able to meet your goals, so you'll have to see how can I start to free up cash by cutting back your spending in areas where it's less important to you and it's not aligned with your goals. If you have a cash surplus, that's great. You can start allocating money to meet your goals right away. Categorizing your expenses as you go through it can help you point out any trends or areas that stand out. This is going to allow you to better understand where your money's going on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. It's the first step to creating a strategy that you can work with afterwards. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to teach you how to create a budget that works. There's a very good chance that you'll be surprised at some of the numbers. Okay, so let's get into building the financial plan. Here are the six steps you need to take. The first thing I want you to look at is debt. It's such a critical component, as I already mentioned, in your financial plan because it directly impacts your ability to save and invest in your financial goals on a monthly basis. The longer you continue to carry bad debt, high interest debt, the less ability you have to direct money towards investing for your retirement and building the emergency fund. If you're in a financial position where you're servicing debt, you need to make managing your debts a high priority. Start by creating a list of your current debts, along with the type of debt, current balances, interest rates, monthly payments, and the amount of time it's going to take you to pay off your debt at your current pace. Next, I want you to highlight which debts are directly impacting and getting in the way of your financial goals. It's likely that these are the high-risk revolving debts like credit card debts. 
research your options to determine if you can consolidate those debts or negotiate with your lender to determine a best course of action. The bottom line here is that you need to take action and start paying that down right away. Number two is your emergency fund. So this is the second thing that everyone should be considering in designing their financial plan. Call it a rainy day fund. It acts as a self-insurance program to protect you and your family. Emergencies come in all shapes and sizes. And when eventually one does come along, you'll be thankful that you got the means to access an emergency fund. Common financial emergencies are going to include sudden loss of employment, appliances that need repairing, your car breaks down, you've got large medical bills. These unexpected emergencies always seem to happen at the worst possible time and you have no choice but to deal with them. While it's incredibly important for almost everyone to have an emergency fund, I think that there are some that it's even more important for. And these would include people who are just getting started. If you've got a credit score credit score that isn't good, if you generally live paycheck to paycheck, if you're on commission or you simply have variable income, the emergency fund can provide you with the cushion that you'll need during lean times. Now, if you're just starting out in building your emergency fund, start by contributing your first $1,000 to a separate high-yield savings account. Remember, this is money that you're parking for a rainy day. It's not money that you're going to start day trading with. And as an aside, I don't like day trading at all, but we'll talk about that in a future episode. So keep your emergency fund separate from any other cash that has an, uh, another specific purpose. Then, once you've got your first $1,000 in the emergency fund, I want you to congratulate yourself. But you're not done. You're not going to stop here. Your next goal should be working towards building it up to the ultimate target. And how much is that? Well, look, it's going to depend. I do suggest a minimum of three months, but ideally, as I mentioned earlier, six months of pre-tax income. Get to that point, And now you've got some serious cushioning, enough to navigate you know, through any challenging financial situations that should arise. And trust me, they will. The third step is to create a savings and investing strategy. Now it's time to start building your wealth by focusing on your savings goals and making sound investments. Your investment strategy and your savings strategy will look at different types of accounts that you hold. Here in Canada, for your retirement, you'll have an RRSP. In the U.S., you'll have a 401k. You might have a tax-free savings account where you're going to hold your emergency fund, and you might also have an education savings plan if you're putting money aside for your kids after they graduate high school. Everyone's different. So the amounts going into these are obviously going to depend on your unique situation and, of course, the priorities that you've highlighted in your goals discovery. Like most people, you'll have a number of different goals that you'd like to achieve. They'll have different time frames. Some might be one-time expenses, like a big trip that you're planning for or a wedding. And that might be a little easier to plan for. Other goals that are going to be ongoing or for an extended period of time, like retirement. And that's where things get a little trickier and why it's beneficial to have a financial planner use their planning software to map it out. They'll be able to determine how much you need to save on a monthly basis and which types of accounts you should utilize for your various goals. And if you want to increase the likelihood of staying committed to your savings strategies, I recommend that you set your contributions up for pre-authorized deposits 
into these various accounts. In other words, put your investments on autopilot. Every time you get paid, your money goes into one of those accounts on a predetermined basis. And that is so important. Ever heard the phrase, pay yourself first? Well, that's basically what this is. That's the savings part of the savings and investing strategy. Part of your financial plan is also going to include, of course, the investment strategy. Now, I'm not going to get into too much detail on that today because it really is a lot of information. And yeah, I've got a, a podcast planned for that. But how you invest your money impacts how it's going to grow over time. Kind of makes sense. The technical term for a plan that lays out how you invest your money is an investment policy statement, or an IPS for short. It's going to be based on your risk tolerance, your time horizon, your tax tax situation, cash flow requirements that you might have, as well as, as uh, liquidity requirements. One of the biggest benefits of an IPS is that it's going to help you stay the course with your investments whether uh, markets are going up or markets are going down. Keep in mind, you could have a different investment strategy for different types of accounts. Your RSP, for example, is going to be a lot longer term. So it might be invested differently than your education savings plan for your kids. And that's going to be invested differently than your emergency fund. The IPS outlines the types of investment accounts that are best suited for the goals the type of investment vehicles as well, like and whether you're going to be using exchange-traded funds or mutual funds or index funds and how you should be putting your money into those. The asset mix, in other words, how much money you've got in stocks, in bonds, in cash, and then under what circumstances you should be rebalancing your portfolios, how often you should be contributing. So yeah, there's a lot of discipline that goes into creating and managing an investment portfolio. And it's all focused on one thing, helping you achieve your goals. As I said, I'm not going to go into the investment strategies um, right now. I will go into those in an upcoming episode, and I'm going to break down a lot of those different investment vehicles and how to utilize them and how to build a well-balanced portfolio. So the next step, step four, and that is reviewing your insurance coverage. So let's be honest here. Aside from insurance agents, does anyone actually enjoy talking about insurance? Yeah, so right. I can I can hear it now. So uh, what do you think about the Raptors for next year? You know, those Raptors line up there pretty good. Forget about that. Have you seen the new riders they're offering on critical illness insurance lately? You get your premiums returned to you if you don't make a claim. Well, it's actually a thing, but but nobody's talking about insurance like that. And while it might not get the most, uh, I don't know, enjoyable topic awards, it is an important one. It's about risk management. The role of insurance is pretty straightforward. It's to protect yourself and your family against financial disaster. Insurance and having the proper amounts of insurance can easily end up saving you hundreds or thousands of dollars for some people, it can mean choosing between taking an early retirement or, or having no choice but to continue working and earning an income well beyond their 70s. So yes, a well laid out plan has to at least examine the role of insurance. And yep, I'm going to do a separate episode on insurance as well, looking at the various types. Uh, but for the purpose of today, here are the more, a few of the more common types of insurance that you're going to be considering. Term insurance disability insurance. If 
of course, you live in a home or you're either you're going to have homeowners or homeowners insurance or rental insurance, critical illness insurance, and perhaps long-term care insurance as well. So the next step, step five, estate planning. And this is about creating or updating your will. Every adult who owns assets and has a spouse or has a spouse, even if you're not married, if you've got children, you need to have a will. An accurate and up-to-date will is the only way to ensure that your assets are going to get distributed the way you want them to be and not left up to the courts to decide. Similar to insurance, estate planning is another critical consideration for your financial plan that often gets neglected or left out of the conversation until it's too late. This is because most people view estate planning in stages and particularly associate it with a later stage in life. A proper estate plan is going to help you establish peace of mind in knowing that your family will be taken care of when you pass. Your estate plan should include last will and testament, power of attorney for property, power of attorney for personal care, also known as a health directive or a living will, and trusts. Over half of all Canadian adults do not have a legal will. Not having a will is more problematic than you think. This little oversight can cost thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills, bitter family disputes, as well as legal battles between siblings and spouses. All of this can be avoided by drafting a proper will. In one of our upcoming episodes, I've got an interview lined up with an estate planning attorney to go over everything you need to know about wills and powers of attorney. Last, but certainly not least, step six. Keep track of your plan and update it when necessary. You need to commit yourself to actively keeping track of your financial plan and maintaining it. The personal financial planning process really should be an ongoing one. To make the most of your plan, you really want to check in and update it at least once a year to make sure that it's still aligned with your situation and your goals. Outside of that time frame, you should review your plan whenever significant life events occur. If there's major financial situation changes, um, we call these changes life transitions, and they happen a lot more often than you think. Transitions like getting married or getting divorced, having or adopting a child, purchasing a new home, starting a career, selling a business, uh, finishing paying off debt, closing out a credit card. You get the point. All of these things have a significant impact on your savings, your expenses, your risk management, and more. And ultimately, that's going to change the trajectory of your financial future. And that's why it's so critical to make sure that your plan remains up to date. To make sure that you're actively reviewing and updating your plan, here's something that you can try. Set a reminder for yourself on your phone. So exactly one year after you've completed your financial plan or one year after you've updated it, it'll remind you to do do it again, to take a look at your plan. If you want to make sure you're reviewing it more frequently, start with a semi-annual or even a quarterly uh, review every three months. Do it at the beginning of each season. The last one, which is going to occur, I guess, on December 21st, beginning of winter, It'll give you an opportunity to look back over the past year and look forward to a new one. What better way to start the new year than with a freshly updated plan that's going to take you another step forward on your path to financial security? And so here's a few final thoughts. While most people could benefit from working with a financial advisor, anyone can go through the steps and create their own financial plan. 
at the very least, it's a good idea. Take stock of your finances from time to time to see where you stand. Open up the dialogue with your spouse or even your kids. Talk about your financial goals and get all your money concerns out in the open. What you'll end up with at worst is a basic idea of your financial position and where you want to go. At best, you're going to have um, a set of guiding principles to take you forward to a better financial future. Very few things come close to the impact that financial planning process is going to have on your financial life. Your plan provides you with clarity, understanding, motivation, insight into every single area of the of your personal finances so that you can navigate your financial journey with confidence. Ultimately, your financial plan is there to make sure that your financial decisions are aligned with your short and your long-term financial goals. Your plan is going to keep you focused, keep you on track so that you can reach financial security. So thanks for listening. Um, if you've got any questions, if I can be of help in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Of course, I'm always very active on LinkedIn, on Facebook. I look forward to connecting with you and I'll see you next time on Living Richer. Information in this podcast is from sources believed to be reliable. However, we cannot represent that it is accurate or complete. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Raymond James Advisors are not tax advisors, and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax-related matters. The views are those of Mark Shimkovitz, and not necessarily those of Raymond James Limited. Investors considering any investment should consult with their investment advisor to ensure that it is suitable for the investment circumstances and risk tolerance before making any investment decision. Securities-related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian.